<laughs> Do you think your computer has COVID? <laughs> Spoiler alert to God, Wes. You said you were having problems with Discord. What about that cord? Did you check that cord over there? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I was gonna, I was gonna go with if you're having problems with Discord, maybe you can move over to Lookout. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Future is here. Um, are we starting? I guess yeah, we're I think so. All right. Well, today we're, we are decided to not talk about the virus in the least. Uh, we're over, overloaded with viral content. <laughs> uh, so we're going to do one completely unrelated to anything in current events and uh, go through our each of our five favorite Southern novels. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, I think so. And I think I, I have a few stipulations. But, well, I think that... With the, I'm going to do this. I think we probably have some overlap because more than any of the other things we've talked about, I think we read a lot of the same stuff. Do they need to be novels or just fiction? Oh, well, I had it as novels, but if you want it to be fiction, does that include short stories? Because then I'd have to change everything. Uh, Well, not individual short stories, but like books of short stories. I have one book of short stories on my list. Uh, you are, I, I'm, oh, so you're doing everything that rises must converge. Uh, exactly. Got it. Well, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, well, we'll talk about it. That's like I've got uh, an alternate for that. So, Okay. Well, speaking of alternates, that's what I was going to do. Was like this time I think that if one of y'all says the same one that I have, I will switch to like I'll try to switch to an alternate just because there's so many good ones to, to choose from. Um, and also I was going to stipulate like – as we did with movies, I think before, like I'm just not going to use uh, To Kill a Mockingbird because it's so universally known as being good and stuff. Like I don't think it needs to. I need to include yep. it. Is that okay? Okay with me. Um. Okay. So what order do you want to go in? Uh, do we want to do uh, everybody does their five and then everybody does their four and then down like that? Yeah. Yeah, I think that'd okay. be okay. Yeah. Um. Okay. You want me to start then? Yeah. All right. Well, I had is my number five. I had to think about this one for a while, and I finally came up with it. But my number five is Ralph Ellison's Invisible Man. <laughs> what did I do to Chad? What happened to Chad no, there? Uh, which I had to think on for a little bit because a lot of it takes place in Harlem, but it starts out in the South. And Ralph Ellison went to Tuskegee. And so he's from Oklahoma, but he went to Tuskegee. And sorry, Chad, is this I don't know, I completely no? It's okay. Stealing your thunder. No, here. it's okay. Go ahead. I mean, but, you know, a, Ra- I got lots of it. I got it's all written, lots of backups. Okay, it, you know, it's written about a really interesting time in American history where a lot of it is about like Ralph Ellison's like falling out with the Communist Party and uh, having disagreements with James Baldwin and just about all these tensions that are taking place within the African American community at that point in time. And I remember. I think, if I remember correctly, the first time I heard this was when my Uncle Wayne brought it along as a book on tape when we were driving somewhere <laughs> in Florida, and I was, like, probably in elementary school. Wow. And, um, 
we uh we're all in the car listening to Ralph Ellison's Invisible Man. Um, I think that we did. Uh, and so, but yeah, it's an incredible novel. Well, it, it, Ralph Ellison's interesting because he didn't. He had two other novels, but like he didn't have voluminous output. But this one's so brilliant that I think it it will count. So yeah, my number five is Ralph Ellison's Invisible Man. Um. Alright, do you want to go to Chad now since I stole yes, the thunder? Yes, that's okay. I'll have to say, I didn't read that until I was in college. I didn't hear it. I didn't even know of that until I was in college. Um, I probably should have. I haven't read it since then. But yeah. Yeah. Um, but I like that. So I will go with... I was kind of... Um, so with this, I will go with... I'll go with a William Faulkner novel for like number five. Um, Never saw it coming. Yeah, never saw it coming. And it was actually, I read this in high school, and I was like, I was like, oh, like, actually, like, books can be, like, books can be good. Like, books can actually be, uh, it's not all, like, never-ending story and books based on Dungeons & Dragons. Like, it's all not, um, books don't necessarily (laughs) have to be based on Dungeons & Dragons. And this was uh, As I Lay Dying. And, um, and I just... Turn about as fair play. (laughs) Anyway. And... I just, you know, I guess, like, it was, like, um, you know, I always liked, uh, I like journeys. I always like journeys in my adventure novels, and this was, like, I was, like, oh, like, they're they're having a journey. It's and a it's, journey. And, uh, yeah. and this was kind of a precursor to, I always like things that were very morbid, so, like, they're going, it's a journey to, um, to have a funeral, and... <laughs> And it's a uh, and also a precursor to the, the family was not uh, necessarily as functional as they could have been. So, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so it was like it was like I was reading the future. It was like I was reading the future, and I said, oh, "Yeah, <laughs> I I understand. Like I, this, I get this, or I will get. This. I think I said I will get this. Like maybe the first get this. Yeah, like the I first. The and future. I think it was like yeah, I did read it. Maybe the first time I was like, well, yeah, this is really difficult to read. And then I read it again. It's like, oh, I get it. Um, yeah, and then my life. You said, uh, Darl, Darl's got really got it together. <laughs> and then my life happened, and say, so, yeah, now I really get it. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, as I lay dying. I think David did. Didn't you have a story, David, about your real life experience of as I lay dying of driving your aunt's uh, <laughs> coffin across the mountain? I did. I think that's among the stories that I can't tell because it's a family story, and so I can't. I can't, uh, I mean, it, it wasn't morbid or anything. It was just a coffin in the back of a pickup truck. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, to uh, uh, to hear family stories, you have to subscribe to the Patreon where we tell family right. stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all tell family <laughs> stories. Um, My mom's not allowed on the Patreon. She pays to not be allowed on the Patreon. Um, so. All right, well. Dave, I guess it's your turn then. So mine are kind of in pairs uh, where I say why it's one instead of another one. And my number five is a death in the family. And there's a reason that it's not Look Homeward Angel, uh, which I also think Mm -hmm. is a great book. But they're very similar books. But I think a death in the family is um, a little bit less bitter. And one of the things I kind of tried to stay away from was... Uh, kind of a freak show version of the South or a, a, anything that's too heavily Southern Gothic or um, too degraded or whatever. And Look Homeward Angel is um, also, I think, a much sort of sadder book about loss. And I think because the protagonist in A Death in the Family is a little boy, he's just, it's part of him stepping into 
life instead of getting jaded about life. He's just understanding that things aren't about him and that the grown-ups aren't in control and things like that. And, of course, um, um, a Summer Knoxville, 1915, that it starts out with is brilliant. And uh, it has tons of brilliant, great writing in it. It has a lot of uh, landmarks that I know from around Knoxville. Um, yeah, I just think it's a it's a really great book. And so... Um, you you haven't named the author? Oh, yet. James Agee, uh, Death in the Family. Yeah, it's James Agee. But uh, you're right that first... Is it like the first page the first paragraph about laying out in the backyard is that well the, it's, i think the very yeah, first summer. part is what was sort of released as a poem uh knoxville summer 1915 right. and then also uh yeah it was i think it was a basis for a piece of classical music or maybe a piece of opera i'm not sure uh, it's kind of some of the most like incredibly written prose in a novel that, that there is I remember it correctly. And about really mundane life. And I think that's one of the things I like about the book is that it's really clearly and imaginatively envisioned, but it's, um, but it's all about ordinary life. There's nothing extraordinary in it. Um, the car crash that kills somebody at the beginning is, it happens off camera. Like he, he doesn't get in and describe it. It's all from the point of view of the boy who never sees it happen. Right. Well, let's do it this way then. If you are going to do yours in pairs, why don't we have, we'll do like the snake draft where we'll hit <laughs> you and then you do your two and then we'll go back through Chad to me. How's okay. So, uh, so then we would hit your number four. Number four for me is the moviegoer and that's instead of Confederacy of Dunces. And that's because, for me, the moviegoer, they're both New Orleans novels. Um, Walker Percy wrote the moviegoer. And Confederacy of Dunces, of course, was um, um, John, yeah, John Kennedy Tool. And um, the moviegoer, to me, is about, it's about a guy who's dealing with class and, to a lesser degree, with race and trying to be normal. And um, it's sort of succeeding, tragically. And Confederacy of Dunces has a little bit too much of a carnival atmosphere uh, atmosphere for me to prefer it over the moviegoer. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of great stuff in the moviegoer, but uh, I think it's also very prescient about 20th century life where he wants to spend all of his time in the movies. Uh, he wants to be distracted and he wants to... Um, um, yeah, escape from the the complications and mundanity of his life, and so yeah, that's what that's and, and it's very much a New Orleans book uh, without indulging in any of the sort of that like there's no voodoo in it, for example. <laughs> you know what's crazy? I've never read Confederacy of Dunstas. This is completely true. I've never read it. So I know I should. Yeah, like Confederacy of Dunstas, it almost. <sighs> Like this is it's a book that I I read it like in high school and like a friend of mine said, Oh my god, like this is the best book about the South that like has ever been written and so like I read it and you know, and you have like the whole story you know, there's the whole story the about Corn what's his name? Cornelius um the author you know, it was only like Ignatius of, you know, P. Was, Riley. Yeah. And Or like, about the author. The the author who killed himself, John Kennedy Tool, and then Ignatius yeah. P. Riley, who's sort of his stand-in in a way, although right. you don't want to mix him up. And too then much. it's like, 
And then it was like cool, and I read it in high school, and I was like, oh, this is a really cool book. And then I thought about it, I was like, well, maybe that's not as cool as I, I mean, thought it was. And so I read it in college. It's like, oh, I really, yeah, I do like it. But then I started thinking about it again. It's like, oh, is this real? I mean, it's a okay book, but is it really the best book? And and then I think I might have read it one more time after I got out of college, and I was like, oh, well, it's okay. Like, so I don't know. Like I, well, I think I Confederacy of Joneses is not so much a Southern book as a very specifically New Orleans book. And the moviegoer I think I, so, yeah. could I think theoretically that's... have happened in um, in Birmingham or in Savannah or in other places, uh, although there's some distinctively New Orleans touches to it, but 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 it, it doesn't have to be New Orleans as much as Confederacy of Dunces almost completely depends on yeah. the craziness of drunken new orleans i think that's it i think that's maybe it like that's it i was like oh this is kind of like a it's sort of like a tom robbins i don't know if you read tom it's kind of yeah. like a tom robbins novel before kind of a proto tom robbins novel or something or i don't know maybe he came i don't know what the timeline is but it was it kind of reminded me of that so um yeah so that's my thoughts on confederacy of Dances. so i think you're up next for your number four chad Oh, oh no. Okay, so I'll go sort of moving on the timeline. We talked about, I read uh, As I Lay Dying in high school, uh, talking about moving to college, I read Sutri uh, by Cormac McCarthy. And it uh, takes place in, um, takes place in uh, Knoxville. Uh, I think it was like around like 1950s. And it uh, it takes place a lot along the Tennessee River, and like when I read it, I was actually living on the ten. I basically I was living on the Tennessee River. My address was Neyland Drive. Uh, I lived on a, like in a, this crummy apartment uh, that um, the lovely apartment, the lovely yeah. apartment, the lovely apartment, my lovely apartment uh, that overlooked the uh, Tennessee River with uh, the great Brian McKendry, uh, Mister Live Dog. Uh, <laughs> and and I just remember like thinking it was very like I just loved like the descriptions of the like the house the stuff on the houseboats um, and along the river and just kind of and I spent a lot of my uh, time kind of prowling around the river like late at you know kind of after hours kind of walking along the river and I wasn't like in I wasn't in the kind of the seedy places that Sutri was but uh, I kind of felt like I was. Uh, I was I was in the same places. I was like, oh wow! I bet this was exactly, I bet the, I bet this. Uh, what's the um, oh, the horrible barbecue place? Uh, Calhoun's. I bet this Calhoun's was like where where one of his house or where the houseboats were. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, Is Calhoun's the one that you were telling me like a, a dead body shows up every month at Calhoun? Is that somebody telling me? I, I don't think um, that was me, but I like the story. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I mean, if you're talking about a if the it's a dead body of a pig shows up like every day, I think at, at Calhoun's. Um, I thought you just meant somebody who had too much dessert and peeled over. <laughs> I think it was Carter. I think Carter told me that. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, that and it's was, just um, it's just about. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that was on my list, um, but I'm going to switch it out now. But I was but. One of the reasons I like Sutri is because I know or knew at least a couple of the people who are in the book in slightly fictionalized versions. Bear Hunter and the kid are both people I knew through my dad. 
Um, and um, uh, that was that's part of it. Just I have a kind of connection to it, but also it's very funny and strange and um, and good. And and what I had that paired against was Child of God, which is just um, uh, a little morbid, but well, more than a little morbid. Um, yeah. <laughs> no. And that's, I used uh, to actually go bear hunting with the guy called Bear Hunter. Oh, real? Yeah. I think, I want to say, like, I think maybe I remember, I might have, like, we might have talked about this, like, when I was actually reading the, at the time, maybe. That seems Could to be. Like, we might have talked about, yeah, that seems very familiar. Um, since, um, and am I doing the next, uh, am I going, are we doing? No, I think it goes back around to okay. me. Okay, all right. If we're doing this Nate drive, I was just leaving open for David because he said they were in pairs. So, okay. so, uh, so it's background to me. Um, so my number four is Bastard Out mm-hmm. of Carolina by Dorothy Allison. Uh, that's on uh, a list I have of things I haven't read, but I think would be on my list if I had. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to remember if I read it in high school or college. Probably high school because I read her short stories, and then I read uh, Bastard Out of Carolina. And uh, it's one of those – she's just such a good writer, like, that you – and you feel like you, I mean, you really know all these people and kind of just writing about like working poor rural Southerners and describing like her, you know, a lot of it is about um, like having a history of like molestation and stuff. So it's really kind of rough and hard to take, but it's also about like her kind of love for these, these bad people that were the older people in her family, her uncles and stuff when she was growing up and kind of admiring them. And they're all, I think, the kind of people that, that we definitely know where they're uh, would sort of be considered not not the greatest people. But then, like, you know, around the house, they're all able to fix their own trucks and keep everything running and keep everything going. And they seem kind of like superheroes in some ways. But they're also never people who are going to make it too far in society. Not just being rough around the edges, but just being, like, deeply, deeply problematic people. Um, and then, you know, just her her descriptions of just where she grew up and how she grew up and everything involved in it are so uh, accurate and in detail. Just, it was really good. I haven't read it in a long time, but I remember when I read it, just being really struck at how uh, effective she was in talking about, about all these things. And like I said, it's not, I don't think it's a novel for, it's not an easy read. It's not, her prose is good. Her prose is really acceptable, but accessible, but the, the subject matter is, is difficult. It's about, you know, child molestation so but it's about more than that too so it's a really interesting portrait of kind of a working poor uh family in south carolina do you know that book chad um i do uh, that's another book that i i've it's on my list to yeah i would real i would want to read it and lots of people have told me i would um but i haven't i unfortunately have not read it I don't know if any of them are listening to the podcast, but there are at least a couple of people who are going to be really shocked that I haven't read it because they've got to me and said, <laughs> you know that book you recommended to me? It was great. It changed my life. And it was Bastard Out of Carolina, uh, which I've recommended to people <laughs> because I know enough about it to know it's something that they that it was very much right. up their alley and that they needed to read, but I haven't had... Or I haven't taken the opportunity to read it. You know, it's not on my shelf. So, but yeah, that's my confession. Right. One of my confessions. It's worth. It's worth it. Um, also, I forgot. I was going to make a stipulation to start with, and I didn't. Like, I, I, I wanted to put uh, Tony Morrison's uh, "Beloved" on my list, 
but I couldn't figure out a way to do it because it's set in Ohio. That's how I was She's with Invisible Man. South. I had the same thing with Beloved, what would have been on my list. Yeah. Ohio is the yeah, South. Yeah, but... I thought we, have, we do ask that. <laughs> yeah, well, we have found that out. But, you know, the whole the whole novel's about, you know, the legacy of, the psychological legacy of, of slavery, and I think it's an amazing novel. I just couldn't figure out a way to fit it in here. But I did fit Invisible Man somehow. I don't know. Um, so I guess it goes back through me if we're going this yep. way. So I did have as my original number three pick, uh, As I Lay Dying by William Faulkner, but I figured a lot of us would hit that. So I will move in with a replacement. I'll move in with a book that, even though it's kind of... Um, a pop novel, kind of popular novel, uh, something you can probably buy in the grocery store. I still think it's a very, a really great novel, which is uh, Prince of Tides by uh, Pat Conroy. Conrack himself, Pat Conroy. Um, and I think we've talked about it on here before. I think when we did our least favorite Southern movies, because Prince of Tides is one of my least favorite Southern movies, that it really got, I don't know if neutered is the right word, but it was really just, I think, the, the point was missed on the movie. Uh, the novel is... Well, it's about a lot of things. It's about a lot of things. But one of the, the central themes of the novel is about the kind of landscape the family grew the, the family grew up in disappearing and the older brother who had just gotten back from Vietnam taking it upon himself to do guerrilla warfare against development in, in kind of the, the coast of, of South Carolina and, um, and about him kind of being killed in the process of that, right? And in the movie, none of that plot line is really in there it's about how new york city can be restorative for 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 southerners uh, <laughs> the, the novel um the novel has had, you know it has all these just great great things in it like about how you know the struggling family the father with the get rich schemes uh the the mother whose entire a kind of function of life is like social climbing, but not just social climbing as an elite, like social climbing as a real way to make it out of the situation they're in. Uh, and um, just about the, the, the complexities of, of their family, but also the complexities of living in a world that's like changing drastically due to the development that's happening. And I think it's, a, it's I think Pat Conroy is a, is a really talented writer or was a really talented writer. And even though it's a book that can be, yeah, more in like the airport book vein, like it's not a, hard read i think it's well worth it and uh, so it's number three on my list and then we go back to chad okay so i'll move uh sort of moving along this uh progression of my life um i'll move kind of to my later college years and um when uh i i read um the guy who uh he did the uh was like the format like clinneth brooks uh uh, and Robert Penn Warren, I read like there. What was what was the thing they they did? Um, I lost my notes. Like they uh, did I'll the take book, my like, stand uh, or like the fugitive stuff. I think so, yeah. But uh, but uh, all the King's Men is like the book that um, that I kind of I got into because um, it was kind it was about politics. It was about the South. It was about more family issues. Um, there's a lot of family issues in there, and uh, that was the book that kind of propelled me to the end of my uh, call. And I was sort of becoming more uh, political as I, uh, I, qu- I quit uh, I quit hanging out on the Tennessee River. I quit walking around uh, the railroad trestle on the Tennessee River and hanging out at Calhoun's and uh, started doing more uh, political political stuff. So I uh, I liked the, the story, um, the, the kind of like, what was going on with like the kind of Huey P. Long esque uh, characters and 
all that in um, All the King's Men by Robert Penn Warren. Um, yep. So that one. That's a great one. Uh, Dang it, Chad. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <coughs> sorry. So since this is a... So your pick was All the King's Men? Yeah. <laughs> since this is well, the a... Next, my next book is The What's Pelican that? Brief is my next book. The Pelican Brief. Substitute for me. Um, I don't have a pair for this one. It's actually a graphic novel, Stuck Rubber Baby, I really liked. And I don't know that it's great, but it spoke to me a lot when I read it. It's a um, civil rights uh, era graphic novel. I mean, the graphic novel is set in the civil rights era. The, it wasn't written then. I think it was written in the 80s maybe? Late 80s or in the 90s even. And it's about a um, a gay guy who while he's figuring out that he's gay becomes a father and gets sort of involved in the civil rights movement and yeah, it's very sort of uplifting and positive and uh, Nobody's horrible to each other too much in it. I mean, you know, the clan is and stuff, but uh, the main characters in it have complex and complicated relationships and are interesting and forgiving of each other. And I just, I just really enjoyed it. And uh, so that's, that's my, uh, that's my drafty is Stuck Rubber Baby by Howard Cruz. And that's your number. Uh, that's my three, number three. Right? So now back to Chad, I think, to, for his. You go, no, it goes, goes to you. We're hitting you twice because you said you had them paired. Oh, okay. so we're going twice with you, bumping back around this way to me. And so my my number two is um, we were talking about this before we started actually uh, recording. I think before we started recording, but whether or not Flannery O'Connor's short stories could count as a book, or whether uh, I don't know that I would pick one of her novels. She had two novels: uh, The Violent Buried Away and Wise Blood. And um, I just think that they both feel very much like short stories that have been pasted together to make novels. And she... Well, I think Wise Blood was that, in fact, yeah. right? And she's... It's her master's yeah. thesis. <laughs> and she's a great short story writer. And, um, uh, I mean, I think maybe at some point we should do our nonfiction book and also our favorite southern short stories. But... Um, yeah. Flannery O'Connor's um, uh, Everything That Rises Must Converge or or her collected short stories, whatever you want. And I said I didn't want to um, indulge in the sort of gothic and, uh, and freakishness in Southern literature, but I think that she did it in a really particular way that was hilarious and sort of uh, kind in a lot of ways, but relentless and hard-eyed and... Um, yeah, so that's that's it for me. That's number two is um, Pick Your Short Story Book by Flannery O'Connor. <laughs> Everything That Rises Must Converge, we'll just call yeah. it that. So that's back to yeah, you for number two, Chad. Turn. Back to Chad. All right, so now I'll say, so both of my, my, my two-in-one book have both been, uh, they're gone. They've already been talked about. Um, but I did have, so I put down wise, I did, I put down wise blood just because, not because it's one of my favorite book, but because actually the, like Flannery, the, the short stories are like, I love the short stories. And I was like, I just thought she should be on the list. So I was going to put, I was going to try to, I was going to try to come up with some sort of, uh, 
half-assed uh, uh, something for wise blood just as an excuse to have Flannery O'Connor on the list. Um, it's got so much and, genius and stuff I, in it. Yeah, but it's still a good book. I mean, just that's a good destroying my choices. Uh, just wiping out my choices. Sorry. <laughs> well, okay, I'll I'll go with like if we're completely no, that's fine. If we're we'll, if we're not doing novels, we'll blood. if we're not going not. Uh, no, I'm not going to do Wise Blood. We're doing novels. We're doing novels. Go with Wise Blood. Yeah, we're doing novels. No, I'm not going to I'm not going to do I'm going to do something it. different. I'm going to do short story. I'm going to do short story. Well, no, I'm actually not going to do short stories. I'm going to do like uh, kind of plays like the Tennessee Williams, like Glass Menagerie and um, like Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Or, oh no, did you put those Were those in there? Like did you you didn't Those were like No. Am I just like That's fine. You can do that. Oh, I'm sorry. You're freestyle on this fine. You can do that. Um, okay, so what so in the uh, get, if you'll give me a minute, so in the King of Torts, um, it's probably Grisham's uh, his most powerful his most powerful novels. I think it's about baking. Um, yeah. um, uh, uh, where, um, I I just I want to like Flannery O'Connor. I mean she it, she's great. I mean she's you know, great. And Tennessee Williams are great, and they're all great. All the Southern writers are great. Um, I'm sorry i i didn't have I didn't have specific. Ba- I will say my um, uh, probably like the Sound and the Fury was like. Is that another one of your books? Like for William Faulkner? I'm just gonna ramble. I'm, I'm just gonna. Are feel- you just naming books now? What are you doing? <laughs> well, I had a bunch of backup. Like my my two and the one are like my. It was uh, my number two was you- my number two was Invisible Man. Well, actually, my number two was um, A Death in the Family. So, uh, but then I had like I had a bunch of backup books because I knew we would probably overlap uh, a lot. And so I'm still con- I'm still confused. Is your number three po- pick all the king's men, and your number two picks wise blood? Is that what we're going with? Okay, sure. Yes. Yeah, that'll be it. Is that, are, you, are, you, are you just naming books? You sound a little are coerced. You you, are you being coerced? <laughs> <laughs> no, all the king's men. All the king's men was my definitive number three pick before this started. Oh, okay. Wise okay. Blood is. Well, my... I had a long lead in, so I wasn't sure what the actual pick. Was. Wise Blood was my. Yeah, wise um, Blood is the pick. Is like the backup, my backup number two pick. So. Okay, so I'm gonna have to go with all Dave Barry books to like close mine out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I well, you can have you can have Wise Blood, and I'll take the. Uh, so nope. you might be a redneck books. I'll just take those. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Can we use a calendar? Because there's a so you might be a redneck if <laughs> calendar that uh, is pretty high and up towards I'm, the top. Or of my number two, date. Or what is Dave the, Barry hits below the beltway? What is the uh, call me Tater Dave Sal- Barry boogers are my beat. Like call me Tater Salad. Is that a book? Is that uh, <laughs> um, is that the Ron White? For my number two. I'm yeah, sorry. the Ron White. For my number two, uh, the Ron going, White story. Dave Barry is not. <laughs> I'm going with Dave Barry's not taking this sitting down with a picture of him sitting on a toilet reading a newspaper <laughs> on the cover. Um, uh, our Dave Barry is from Mars, or uh, Dave does Japan. Dave Barry's Guide to Life. Dave Barry's Gift Guide to End All Gift Guides. So I think we're to your number two and number one, Wes. Dave Barry, uh, <laughs> The Greatest Invention in the History of Mankind, Beer, by Dave Barry. 
and Dave Barry's Bad Habits, which is a picture of him driving a little tiny kid's convertible car wearing sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so I got to figure something out here. So my number one was all the kings. My number two was all the kings. Oh, man, and my number one was uh, Wise Blood. But I'm going to scramble on this. It's okay. Um, I'm going to go outside of this and pick for my number two, uh, The Yearling by Marjorie Keenan Rawlings, um, which is a book about a uh, part of the world that doesn't have many books about it, which is about like uh, Central Florida, I think a little bit south of Gainesville, and. Um, this book, I think, I don't know, do people who aren't from Florida read The Yearling? Is that a Florida thing? I think they do, but mm-hmm. I haven't. It's on my list of things that would probably be on my list if I had read it. Yeah. But uh, that, and also Their Eyes Were Watching yeah. God, which is another Florida book. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's one of those, I wanted to put Their Eyes Were Watching God on there, but I have to be honest, and I don't, I've read Zora Neale Hurston's other stuff. I don't think I've read Their Eyes Were Watching God, and I love Zora Neale Hurston, and I think her story's amazing, uh, and I, but I don't think I've sat down and read that. But yeah, The Yearling is a pretty small story. It's just about, you know, living in rural Florida uh, and uh, shooting a deer, right? But it's it's um, really detailed and kind of like a delicate novel, and um, I think... We've talked about here before before about how it's hard to categorize Florida as being in the South in some ways, and so many things that are Southern novels are about, like kind of Mississippi or like Appalachia, and this is very, very much a Florida. There's unmistakably Florida novel. So I will put my number two is Marjorie Keenan Rawlings, um, The Yearling. Now I have to formulate a number one out of this. I have my number one was Wise Blood, and. Uh, I'll give you the pitch for it anyway. Like I, I do think it is kind of Flannery O'Connor is way stronger in her short stories, but there are so many memorable scenes in Wise Blood. Uh, they end up in the gorilla suit, running around town in the gorilla suit. Um, Hazel Moats is such a memorable character. I was going to go with that, but let me scramble. Uh, I'm going to go. Wow, um, there's a few choices I could go with. I'm trying to think of which direction to go on this. I could go a few different ones. I'm going to go with somebody who's from the South, in fact, is from your neck of the woods, even though this novel is maybe not a Southern novel, it's a Southern writer, I'm going to go with Cormac McCarthy's All the Pretty Horses, uh, which I read in college, and I think it's some of the best like straight prose writing I've ever read in my life, uh, and it made me want to um, move out West and ride a horse. So, instead of Wise Blood... Big diversion. Right. I'm going Cormac McCarthy's All the Pretty Horses, which isn't really about the South. It's about the West, but there you go. Yep. My other choice is going to be Huck Finn, and I don't want to wade into the Huck Finn dialogue. So <laughs> and then Chad? Back to Chad for his number one. Okay, so I'll have uh, for my uh, – yeah, my my number one was um, – my number two was going to be uh, – Invisible Man, and my number one was going to be As I Lay Dying, but I um, I I don't really like Tennessee Williams novels, but um, I just like, like Cat on a Hot Tin Roof is probably one of my favorite um, plays, and it kind of continues the whole theme of like family, and uh, and this was after, um, and this was uh, if you think about after I. Uh, like after I got graduated from college, and then I found out all the uh, sort of screwed up stuff about my family, all the behind the scenes stuff, and about Big Daddy. Um, so that's for the Patreon. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Subscribe to the Patreon, and um, so that's what I have for 
So I know that's not a novel, but I'll I'll take that as um. So it's a novel approach. It's a novel approach. <laughs> yeah. So, but since I blew up everybody, since I blew up your number two and your number one, um, <laughs> I'll take I'll take the L. You can't go wrong in having a, a further list of books, right? It's not like where it's a problem to divert to these yeah. to recommend readings. I already know what David's number one pick is. Do I get do I get any points if I predict it? Correctly, uh, sure, you get all the points. Uh, you it's going to be a light in August. It is light in August, yeah, and it's light in August instead okay. of Absalom, Absalom. Um, I think that for me, um, there's Wes holding up light in August for us to see on our, uh, this is a copy you oh, gave nice. me, this is a copy, your copy of a light in August from like 20 years ago, I think. Yeah, that, it's looking a little yellow. Um, but I, I think Absalom, Absalom. I, I, I don't stand, I don't stand for that kind of racism on my live stream. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that Absalom, Absalom is a much more sort of exciting book in a lot of ways uh but light in august takes the race dialogue that you find in absalom absalom and makes it internal by having a mixed race protagonist and it's just a lot more tender and sort of observant and well-observed storytelling uh and it doesn't have the big set pieces like the french architect and the uh chain of uh african slaves and all of the sort of heroic uh, talk about wrestling the plantation out of the swamps and all that that Absalom Absalom has is not quite as grand in a lot of ways, but uh, it has a lot of great characters. Uh, there's been a couple of movies, I think, that have come out of it. One was a Robert Duvall movie where they just take the story about Lena and the guy who works at the sawmill. Oh. Uh, but there's a few different stories that are very well woven together in light in August and it starts out as this story about a brutal murder and then it jumps all the way back to the murderer's um, birth basically when he's left at an orphanage and takes you all the way back to the moment and you understand that moment in a completely different way after seeing the circumstances that made him it's all very um, yeah it's just a great a great book I think and I didn't do The Sound and Fury either because the first part is a great kind of experiment but it's a tough read and uh, the older I get the less patience I have for tough reads um, the whole part that's inside of Benji's head uh, if I reread The Sound and the Fury I'd skip that part and go straight to the second section of the novel I think um and yeah, that's it. So, Light in August, definitely um, the top of my list. It's the top of most of my lists for fiction and for novels. Uh, can I mention a couple of things that didn't make my list, but with very special reasons why not? Please so, do. one is William Gay, who I think is a great writer, very much in the Faulknerian and um, uh, McCarthy uh, vein. No single book of his was better than the five on my list. But he's a really, a really good Southern writer, or was. He just died a few years back. Um, uh, my friend uh, Rochelle introduced me to him, and uh, I was very impressed and, and love him. And then Eudora Welty, who I think is one of the greatest Southern writers. But, um, you know, her novels I like. But I think that what she does, the sort of tenderness and uh, uh, directness and compassion that she shows works better in short stories than it does in novels. 
And have I told you my embarrassing Eudora Welty story? No, do. I very recently, embarrassingly recently, um, until embarrassingly recently, I did not realize that Eudora Welty was white. Oh yeah, I think you did mention that. that. (laughs) And. Looking back, it seems like I should have probably picked up on that. Maybe, although, you know, she uh, has, for someone of her generation and being from the South and who was not a big wave maker, she has incredibly well-observed mm-hmm. African-American characters that don't mm-hmm. betray the sort of biases and prejudices you usually see in white writers. I mean, as far as I see. I think that's it, and also... A few things like you know, I had heard I've I've heard her speak before, like an interview with her, and I think her uh, the way she speaks is very much of where she's from. But I didn't pick up on her as being a white lady and uh, her name as well. And so I don't know, I don't know why, but I was you know I finally was listening to like an interview about her life like not that long ago, and I was like, hold on a second, I don't know why, but anyway, that's my Eudora Welty thing. Um. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. And then um, I was going to say also that um, um, now her name's slipping my mind. The Ballad of the Sad Cafe and The Heart is a Lonely Hunter. Um, uh, Carson Yeah, McCullers. Carson McCullers, I think, is a great writer. And I love Ballad of the mm-hmm. Sad Cafe, but not quite as much as the top five. So she didn't make the list. But I think she's definitely worth a mention as a great Southern writer. And Truman Capote, his stuff just isn't about the South. He yeah. was very, very Southern, but his best books weren't about the South. Uh, his first book, Other Voices, Other Rooms, was. Yeah. But um, uh, but it's not his best work. Exactly. And there was... Right. I've been sitting here behind me, and I thought about it, but, you know, it, it's In Cold Blood is better than Other Voices, Other Rooms, but it's about out West. Yeah. He says, having named Cormac McCarthy's All the Pretty Horses is his favorite stuff. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And there was. Uh, yeah, I would have liked to have put. I, yeah, go ahead. I, I would like to have put it. He was. What? Yeah, he was. I was thinking about Truman Capote too, but I also thought, yeah, those books aren't about the. He's from the South, but not you know, and also I was I wanted to put I wanted to kind of do the same thing with Eudora Welty that I did with Flannery O'Connor and pick one of her novels uh, to kind of just jam her into the list, but I couldn't. Her like. Her novels, I didn't really have the same kind of. I could, I couldn't uh, like Wise Blood. Wise Blood, I could, uh, I could, I could fake Wise Blood because it's good enough. I mean, I think Wise Blood could. Well, Wise Blood might actually be in my top top five, but the Eudora. Well, I can't even think of the the, the Eudora wealthy. A member of the now, wedding so is one. The, her most oh, famous yeah. is probably a member of the wedding. Yeah, I think, and I remember, I mean, I know I've read them and I like, but, you know, they're not, the short stories are just ten times, I mean, ten times better, but I digress. And see, there was... See, I'm going to, I have to stip, stipulate the things that I left out, which was uh, Louis Grizzard's uh, Shoot Boys, <laughs> Shoot Low Boys Are Riding Shetland Ponies, um, Elvis is Dead and I Don't Feel So Good Myself, uh, you know. Well, and also, I was going to put... Um, uh, Quentin Tarantino's original screenplay of Django Unchained that was going to be. Um... <laughs> well, he's from Knoxville. Yeah, he's from Knoxville. From Knoxville. <laughs> um, so. Well, I had one more um, uh, thing to mention, which is okay. Richard yeah. Wright's Black Boy. Um, I haven't read, oh, mm-hmm. and I know that it's supposed to be great, and I am I, I'm very interested in it. And then, uh, yeah, well, that one is. Um, 
I've read a lot of his short stories, but I think that's the the main novel uh, by Richard Wright, and I haven't read it. Well, there's all. I was going to say at the beginning, there's all of these great African American novelists who are like one step removed from being Southern novelists because they their fa- their families like left and exited. Like Baldwin, for very good. Like Baldwin, yeah. So, like, for very good reasons. And so a lot of their sensibilities in writing seem, quote-unquote, southern to me, but it's their, they 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 have uh, left at that point. And, like, you know, like I'll say, well, even with Beloved, which is incredible, is kind of, like, about remembering a history uh, that, that came out of the South that's not really set there and stuff. So it's kind of a complicated, a whole complicated genre. I think, you know, Toni Morrison, uh, James Baldwin, like a whole class of writers that that are one step removed from being... Yeah. Um, anyway, well, I think we should do uh, best southern short stories at some point, but then we really have to work. I think there's a lot of overlap there. We'd have to work. We can't all pick um, a good man is hard to find, <laughs> and we can't all pick why I work at. We can't all pick why I work at the PO. <laughs> and our uh, that, why I live at the PO? Why I live at the PO? Yeah. Did, does David Sedaris count as like short fiction, like short yeah. stories? Okay. Absolutely, North Carolina. Oh, now we all can't pick. Uh, you can't kill the rooster. Chad. Yeah. Great. Thanks. Well, I was saying, do they count as fiction? Do they count as fiction? Are we counting them as fiction? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. It makes a lot of people angry. Do they mm. count as fiction? Mm. Well, I just said short stories, so it can yeah. be short stories on anything. Um, I, I'll mention also my favorite, very southern book of poetry is Charles Wright's Chickamauga. I know we're not going to oh, do our five favorite books of oh, southern yeah. poetry, so. Um, I thought I'd throw that one in. It's been a while, but there are good ones. Oh yeah, they're really good ones. I mean, uh, but your the ones I know are, are probably ones that you gave me or recommended <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> we could just have you give the list. <laughs> you could um, do your top fifteen. You could do your top fifteen. Um, you top, yeah, you do your top fifteen, and we'll say yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, I, rem- I We remember when you get. Yeah, we remember like that book. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we did a good job of not creating any viral content. Yeah. <laughs> I have a fever of 105. Is that bad? Are you singing? Is it metaphorical? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And for people who listen to this, uh, I was on Matt Bender's Doomed uh, yesterday for three and a half hours. So if you want to listen to me talk for three and a half hours, uh, go. To, I think it's on YouTube, just Matt Bender Doomed. Uh, podcast it was fun i enjoyed doing it i lost my voice from talking for so long i i thought we were on behind the patreon wall when i said some bad things about bikini kill so i hope they don't come back to no, me no, no, it's on youtube not good. Well, i said good things about bikini kill but i'm not it look i'm team toby vale more than i'm team kathleen Hanna. that's all i said no. all right that's all i said not oh good. wes no no <laughs> all right so i guess that's all for this time see you next time see you next time see you next time, see you next time.